and welcome to the Deja Review podcast, where a group of film lovers get together to discuss a cult or a classic film that one or more of them has just watched for the very first time. I'm Mike Cairns. Over there is Kane Porked Up Daniel. Hi, I'm Humphrey Bogan. And Sam Seabass Godfrey. Hey. And uh, it's just the three of us. And we discussed the um, probably the oldest film that we've watched so mm. far and, you know, much considered one of the greats, uh, 1942's Casablanca. A lot of people call it the greatest. Yeah. Um, now, uh, Seb, you'd not mm. watched this before. Yeah, I um, had not. Mm. What's your, I mean, guess, yeah, what's your... Uh, <laughs> well, I think, I, I think growing up, because you only watched this recently as well, right? Maybe like two or three years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I growing up, I'd, I was probably put off by the black and white. Yep. I was like, "There's a yep. lot of ground to cover in the '80s, and I still haven't. <laughs> I haven't. I have not touched that. I'm not going back. I mean, there's a lot of '70s films I still haven't seen. I'm kind yeah. of going back in time chronologically. So this is <laughs> this is really going back for me. Um, but no, the golden era of of cinema, I kind of glossed over for the most part. Probably also because I thought it was going to be a bit of a uh, just slower paced different times you know like a but yeah i yeah. think if you're i think if you're uh, especially as a younger yeah, yeah. person in general those films don't uh, especially when there's just so much other stuff to, to oh, grab definitely. your attention and there still uh, is a lot of stuff grabbing my attention so it's kind of like it's it's let me tell you i yeah wow i don't know how i actually sum this up it's it's given me a lot of uh, it's completely changed my view on on how I see the the golden age of cinema. I mean, I've I've seen a lot of the I've seen Metropolis and I've seen a lot of the heavy hitters, but um, I don't know why I hadn't seen this because this is a heavy hitter. But it kind of is what I was expecting, but not at all. It was the pace was amazing, the 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 story, the the whole the arc of each individual character. It was like I want to watch it again. I'm actually gutted that I didn't have time to watch it a second time before this because I feel like like I wanted to see it again. Yeah. Um, pretty oh. soon afterwards. What about you, Kane? What's your, is it, was this your first time round no, or you'd I'd, seen it I'd, before? I'd seen it a while back, um, kind of, uh, at a point where I was trying to sort of collect more of the kind of major canonical sort of films. Mm-hmm. I don't remember very much about it or really what I even thought about it because my past is a mystery to me. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. To me... Casablanca is a very mediocre film. Yeah. Aesthetically speaking, or by any critical, strict critical standards, it's a comic strip, a hodgepodge, low on psychological credibility, and with very little continuity in its dramatic effects. Who wrote that? Umberto Eco, novelist and theoretician. So I'm I'm with Umberto. You're on an this Echo one. boy. Yeah. Uh, I'm with Umberto on this location. one. Playing volleyball with him on Echo Beach. <clears throat> yeah. I, I uh, I didn't enjoy it. I I think it's for canon fuckers. I think it's for people who wanna, who are uh, who value uh, what people have elected to be in some sort of it's canon, right. and will ex- you know uh, accept its place in that canon without. Uh, I can't get without... the image of canon fuckers out of my head. You said it. <laughs> I just can't get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, wow. It's, okay. It's wow. It's fun enough to watch, I guess. But. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because it was very much a slow. Like the, this movie was not expected to be, you know, no. it, it was kind of just, you know, supposed to be just another, you know, studio pick. Nothing particularly huge about it. But My it whole, was for the longest time as well, right? It, yeah. It, t- it took. It definitely took a while for it to mm. to become the thing. But also because this this was the year that Humphrey Bogart really sort of became the the huge star that he would become because it took he, him a long time to what had he done before this oh he'd done a lot of movies but he um and uh, he'd done um he'd done like, the Maltese Falcon before yep. this um and that the, this was that that came out the same year um and so yeah. that it was kind of when um but Brad Pitt he, moment he'd, like, he'd um, done a yeah he'd done a lot of you know um he was you know gangsters in a lot of things and did yeah. some good performances but it uh, and he was only his 40s when he sort of really mm. became the you know and cuz he died i think 15 years after this so yeah it was uh, um, throat cancer right yeah yeah, yeah. cuz uh, he loved a loved a ciggy yeah um but um but yeah so this was kind of uh, and i think that's why it's so in the, that's why it kind of had this life because I think a lot of people went back to it. But I mean, it won Best Picture as well. So, 
Um, not not <laughs> well, that, yeah. not, not I mean, that is. Yeah, I the history of the Academy Awards Best Picture winners have I told know, us anything. I know, I know. But uh, <laughs> I guess, no, but if we're just talking about, you know, it wasn't like completely forgotten or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, um, And uh, it certainly, you know, it, it, it did well um, financially. And um, But um, so what... Um, I guess, all right, well, uh, we've got our, uh, you know, our, mm, our Here two, we go, the duelling. Yeah, the, the, let the <laughs> what duel did, begin. What did you think of it? Um, I really, I mean, I this really uh, very much the same as you, Kane. I, um, the last few years, uh, much like horror movies, I really wanted to go back and mm. just watch a lot of these, you know, canonical films that I'd never seen like this and um, a lot of the, you know, Citizen Kane and all of those movies. And um, and I really like just, I like Humphrey Bogart movies and mm. that, that style of movie and um, he, uh, and so I, I really enjoyed it. Um, but, um, and I've watched it a number of times since. Um, watching it again, um, I can, I can guess I can see both sides to some degree. Um uh, but, um, I think in general, I, I, I don't understand why it's, you know, I, I wouldn't put it in the top five movies of all time or anything no, not like me that. Personally, I wouldn't, um, no. but, uh, I think it's a really enjoyable movie of that period and it's got so many, it's just so in the, the zeitgeist. It's so in, mm. ingrained into everything. It's, um, uh, and, and it, again, we'll be talking, uh, you know, we talk about this a little bit about, you know, films that you know more about um, from having seen the Simpsons episode that referenced <laughs> it beforehand <laughs> um, or any number of things that have referenced uh, Casablanca. Definitely one of the most um, quoted films of all time. Yeah, and misquoted films of all time. Yes, definitely. Um, but, um, so play, yeah. Yeah, just covering that up, Play It Again, Sam, was never said in it the film It was never said. Yeah. That's, a, that's like a... Not a sequel. It's just like another film, right? Play it again, Sam. Woody Allen. Don't. Know. Yeah. Is Woody Allen. And... Woody Allen had did have a film called Play It Again, Sam. It was like mm. one of his very first movies. Yeah. It was either I think maybe it was for before Bananas. I don't think I've ever seen it. I don't know what the movie is. I think it went What's Up, Tiger Lily, which was the Japanese film that they uh, dubbed over humorously, and then maybe it was Play It Again, Sam, and With, then uh, Diane Keaton. Yeah, and mm. then bananas. Is is that the order mm. of the uh, early Woody Allen? And then love and, and then love and death. I think. And and I mean, he was. It was also a, a line in a James Bond movie. <laughs> you know, like in Moonraker, <laughs> where one, of, he, one where, of Roger Moore's. You know, he throws some someone crashes into a piano and he throws him out of a window or something. And he crashes into like play it again, Sam. You know, <laughs> it's, um, but um, but it's uh, but it's incorrect. Um, so. Seb, like, yeah, please. Yeah, please. I mean, I, I think maybe just because I wasn't, I know it is lauded, it's it's loved by so many people, but I kind of went into it thinking, oh, yeah, sure, this will be, this would be all right, this would be okay. Yep. It's probably going to be slow and people love it just for the sake of loving it um, because I had low, sort of lower expectations than I was mm -hmm. expecting. I went in and, yeah, I thought it was great. I thought all the performances were really good, I mean, for the most part. Um, all the little, um, I did like how each individual character, like the, what is the Russo, the French, whatever the French uh, policeman who he plays. Oh, Renault. 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 Yep. Captain he's, Louis um, Renault. Yeah. He, I mean, he's just an absolute animal of a human, <laughs> he uh, is, uh, but he? then he sort of, he, he, he has a sort of a tale, this arc of redemption at the end and they all kind of do, they all have this, this, they all get tied up in a neat little bow at the end and have like a. A redeeming quality, which I, which well, yeah, I, I mean, was nice. I mean, Humphrey Bogart's character is a very unsympathetic character yeah. for a lot of the movie. Well, he's had his heart um, ripped out, and he's kind of that's true. But it's uh, he's also hanging like you <laughs> know life and death over someone's head because he was sports, you know, spurned. Um, you know, he's like, mm. yeah, you're not, you're not going to get those papers. Uh, I'm going to take your misses and off yeah. we go. I did think um, it was going to be a much bigger. Uh, Scope. I guess when you say Casablanca and you you think of sort of uh, Moroccan exotic lands, is it could have been you know this plays like a play. I mean, it was a play. It was written for. Mm. It was written as a play, um, and it definitely lends itself to that. There's like three, four locations or or, or yeah. scenes. Um, yeah, Rick's Cafe, whatever. It, mm -hmm. That's you know that predominantly plays out there. But Cafe American. Cafe American. Yeah, um, but. 
yeah, I, I think I was just just surprised by by how much yeah, I well, did I guess, enjoy. I it. guess I was just wondering because I know you know you've got um you your sort of uh, I guess I just have a, a a good idea of what your like your um, purview are. Yeah, your yeah, t- your, yes. yeah, your tastes. And yeah, so sure. um, don't get me wrong, I'm, uh, I'm all about the John Carpenters and the <laughs> yeah, exactly. and the Spielbergs and um, the, that that fruit. Yeah, so I was just wondering, yeah, if that so, was going to be a, a thing. But no, um, I, I, I mean, I, I also just loved the the fact that it was a black and white film. I don't watch a lot of black and white films, but the 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 use of light and lighting and color and the the actual the oh, lack of color. But this film, I actually watched the. I think in the eighties they did a colorized version. Yeah, Ted Turner. Oh, man, <laughs> Ted Turner I watched, wanted to colorize I watched about it. Two minutes of it on YouTube. It is just dog shit. It just looks terrible. Mm. Like this film couldn't have been shot in color. Just the 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 white tux and her outfits and the the use of the sort of it's not a noir, but that that use of uh, black lighting. and white yeah. noir lighting and just. Yeah, I think I think it was just story aside, it was just visually beautiful. It's mm. cool to look at. A little um, fun aside, I read that they actually painted a lot of the shadows onto walls and onto the floor yeah. just to really enhance a lot of those those blacks and that's stuff. interesting. Yeah. yeah, and there's some really cool shots. Uh, I mean, with the plane stuff as well, like the at the at the start and the the end, that how they've I don't know how they've you know they've um, uh, like it's obviously models, but it you know you've got the planes flying overhead, and then there's a shot early in the film where it pans down into the market, and it's clearly a you know an effect shot, but mm. it just looks brilliant for yeah. yeah 1942. Like it looks yeah, it looks and the, yeah, really amazing. The use of shadow. I think there's a there's a scene where Renault uh, and he go up to his office to get cash out of twenty thousand francs out of the mm-hmm. out of the safe. And Big old safe. Big old, very big old save. <laughs> He's been doing pretty well for himself, old Rick. Uh, and yeah, it's basically Rick is just he is just shadow for that for that scene while he's talking to uh, Reno. So Reno, it's just this two shot of the two of them, and Reno's just essentially talking to a shadow. But it's it looks fantastic. I feel yeah. like yeah, you can see where a lot of the contemporaries get their references from from a lot of these uh, early films. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Absolutely. Um, so Kane. Um, Where's your beef? No, it was just more. Uh, do you uh, like redeeming features? Like, are there moments that you enjoy? Is there is there parts of it? Like, uh, I, I guess <laughs> I, I guess more looking at it, not not looking at it from uh, the 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 perspective uh, the perspective that this is one of the greats of all time. Mm. Um, just more uh, and comparing it to that as just more. Uh, were there? Yeah, like performances or um, particular scenes that you, you know? I liked Peter Laurie as the guy who picks <laughs> the MacGuffin into you. Mm. Yeah. Like the He's MacGuffin. in it far too. You yeah. Know, I love Peter Laurie. Um, yeah. Peter Laurie plays like a. Gotcha. Yeah, I know the guy. Yeah. A, a little. If, if you've seen a. A little uh, scamp. A Warner Brothers cartoon. Yeah. yeah. That's the um, one. Yeah. Plays a little scamp who has the valuable visas, the letters of travel or whatever that uh, he transfers to Humphrey before getting captured, leaving them in yeah. Humphrey's hands. And yeah, they're, yeah, basically, and they're basically a MacGuffin yeah. for, for the whole Completely. Thing. But, you know, he's such an enjoyable, weird, um, bug-eyed presence. kind of yeah. presence on screen. I liked it. Um, yeah, I mean, my, 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 my beef with it is, is, is not that it's a bad film per se. It's just that I think it it was identified as kind of emblematic of a kind of filmmaking and a, and a time period and a, uh, Hollywood that people want to, people want to venerate like all out of proportion, you know what I mean? And that, and it just became its totem or whatever. Mm. Um, I liked... Um, I thought it was amazing that Ingrid Bergman went on to like direct like Wild Strawberries and, um, and, uh, and like, um, uh, The Seventh Seal and Ingmar Bergman. Oh, that's Ingmar Bergman. (laughs) Right. I was confused by that. (laughs) I knew I was just (laughs) waiting for you to... (laughs) But what a looker, huh? I mean, yeah, <laughs> she 
could you say there's anyone more beautiful that has been on on screen uh, before or since? I don't know. I Lauren Bacall. You're in a couple of. I was in a couple <laughs> of short films. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, um, I, I, you know, and I think. Uh, Especially for, you know, I mean, you, you also have to watch these films with, you know, there's a definitely grains of salt, um, yeah. uh, you know, um, I mean, the, uh, the Sam character. Um, and uh, and at, even at one point um, when uh, uh, um, Ilsa um, refers to Sam as, uh, you know, boy. that boy. And I'm like, oh, come on. Yeah. Like you were mates. There's a lot <laughs> of that. There's, there's like... <laughs> Yeah, it's what's, a the, bit what's rough. the classic line that um, old Humphrey always says back to her? It's, you know, he's looking, he's at, looking you, at you, kid. That's, I mean, these days that you, it's you couldn't really get away with that in Why? a film these days as well. Which just kind of is I don't, it doesn't it doesn't sit well. It doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't it's not very savoury. Leaves a bit of a yeah. The sentiment of it is like it's kind How of. How do you pass that? What do you take that to mean? He's looking at you, kid. Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was kind of thinking about yeah. it. So it's like, is it kind of like related to like his mud in your eye? So that's kind of like, like, mm-hmm. so here's like, that's mm-hmm. like here's two or whatever. So, so the here's comes from that. And so he's looking at you. No, it's Maybe like, it's here's, like here's, here's two. Looking like, at yeah. you, kid. No, no, no. It's here's to like, it's almost like, oh, here's, here's to, looking to looking at you. Here's, here's to, to looking, looking at you, kid. Because I get so, all the, because he's, so he's, beautiful. he's so beautiful that he gets right, all the, right, the, the joy yeah, from right. it. Okay, that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because uh. it's just a phrase that, that is so around that you don't interrogate it at all, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, I, I know that I'm going to be under the microscope with the fact stuff here and mm-hmm. we're not there yet, but there are a couple of little juicy things. I hope I'm not going to blow any of facts no, out of the water. No, that's fine. That's fine. But the one, the one, the juicy little tidbit that I did find quite humorous was the um, director, Michael Cortese. Um, he was Hungarian. He had a Hungarian accent on set. And he... Uh, well, he, he should have ate something. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Um, but his accent often caused confusion on the set. Um, he asked a prop man, um, for a poodle to appear in one scene and the prop man turned up, you know, hours later, uh, after searching high and low, uh, for a poodle and the entire crew cast came in, presented it to Cortez for the scene and he screamed, Cortez, Cortez and he screamed, a poodle, a poodle of water. Because <laughs> he wanted them to step through water, right? Right. Yeah. Not step on dogs. Um, um, well, he so Michael Curtis was um, like still has one of the biggest. Like he directed 178 films in his career. Fucking hell! Um, he was because he started in Hungary um, like 20 years before this, and then that's a lot. That's <laughs> just a lot of films. Yeah, well, like, I mean, is any, is any American the studio system? Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, no, no. But, like, but he but, wanted it. He was yeah. he was hungry. Is this like you a myth? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, You're going back in for a second second bite of that hungry joke. Yeah, I think he did. Um, he did. Um, he did sort of a couple of dozen in Vienna, and then he moved to Frankfurt. He did some in Hamburg as well, I think. <laughs> before. <laughs> Did some in Bologna. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're really thinking now, are you? Yorkshire. Oh, yeah, good. <laughs> Day of the pudding. <laughs> of the pudding. <laughs> um, should we uh, maybe cut to a uh, commercial? Sure. This week's episode is brought to you by the Stropping Young Turks from Marcy. Not strapping, stropping. They're stropping a razor and getting it real sharp. They're not doing it to slash your throat in a foggy back alley in 19th century London, no. They're getting it real sharp to precision slice the soft cotton in their t-shirts. At least that's what I'm hearing, and I'm hearing it more and more. You gotta see these lovely things. You'll be prepared to walk out your door and keep on walking just to get one of them sweet Lewinsky illustrations on your back. Front. Or perhaps even your side if you have unconventional ideas about the way t-shirts should be worn. Yes sir, you want to stand up and leave your family behind you, never seeing them or hearing from them again. But it doesn't have to come to that, you can get them from marcyshop.com. 
But of course, you can abandon your nearest and dearest and get a t-shirt with a covert Clay Davis reference on it as well. Whatever gets you off, Chief. When I've mentioned Marcy in the past, I've made mistakes about what the T in t-shirt stands for. It does not, in fact, mean Tom Bombadil or the Japanese particle te. I finally looked it up on the Saturday Night Live wikia, and it in fact means t-shirt. That's right, t-shirt t-shirt. And so on like an endless cascading hall of mirrors. This is why the t-shirt is the favoured garment of the disgusting shut-in who enjoys Christopher Nolan movies in all their inane kaleidoscopy. But they are also the favoured garments of very sleek, good-looking creatures such as yourself, resplendent with the amount of hair you desire, which may be very much, or it may be very little. You sylvan lissom creature, you being of curves and planes who has had sex upwards of three times. I am falling in love with you and want to throw gifts at your feet. Gifts like the gorgeous raiments available at marcyshop.com. So, yeah, I, I do think that the one thing uh, I, after, after watching the film, enjoying it, then reading about it, uh, I did enjoy the fact that, uh, it was a very multicultural, a very, uh, a lot of the extras, a lot of the, the cast and, and crew were fleeing Nazi Germany and they were brought in to what? No. Keep going. <laughs> You're looking at me funny, but they were, they were refugees essentially. Yep. And cast and crew. Cast, the uh, cast. 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 Uh, not so much the crew, but the cast. There was, this was one thing that bothered me. There was <clears throat> very little attention given to people having the right accents. Oh, that was, that, that drove me <laughs> fucking nuts. Yeah, that was crazy. The old Frenchie, yeah. The, I mean, the accents are terrible, but most of the accents back then are terrible. Just quick segue into Humphrey Bogart's accent. Is that just, like, do you make a, a choice to talk like that? Is that? I mean, he always just sounded like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah people that talk like that, like that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, maybe it's like, just, I mean, I don't know, like, maybe it's kind of a mix-up of, like... Because you hear recordings. New York. He's New York, yeah. so... But you hear recordings from back then. You hear, like, yeah. uh, other films, other, like, is it the way they were recorded and there's a, or is it, or is it a, a particular, well, like, you're choosing to fit in by talking in well, a particular there's, there's, pitch? Well, there's, there's, there's the thing that um, he doesn't necessarily have, but I think you're referring to, which is the mid-Atlantic accent which is kind of a, it's a thing, it's a kind of a construct. It's, it's this thing. Oh, I'm yeah. looking at Seb Godfrey yeah. straight over from Melbourne. Here she comes running down the track. Yeah. So that, that's, that's what you call the mid-Atlantic accent. And it's kind of, it's a construct. They say mid-Atlantic because it's, it's an American accent with um, English inflections. And it's mm. kind of. I guess it's a. And it yeah. was a cultivated thing yeah, yeah, yeah. by actors, by radio announcers and mm. stuff. So it's kind of, it's kind of like a, I mean, it's a it's class. A status, it's a status thing. It's for a class sure, yeah. status thing. Yeah. yeah. And so th that, that's. Um, it's quite a far cry from. All right, governor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so it, it was, it was a way to sort of cultivate a sense of like there being some sort of class uh, I mean class this time is like refinement yeah. to um the acting to the radio play or whatever like that. Yeah. Um so yeah not not that Humphrey Bogart kind of has that necessarily. I think I think perhaps it's it's a combo of um that and and he he has a specific kind of unusual timbre and to that was, his and voice. It was also why he was, I mean, that was his kind of thing as well, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, who knows? What, what What kind of a background? Did Did he have a, pretty, did, um, did pretty, he have a privileged pretty, background or? Uh, uh, like middle to upper, I, from, from memory, I've read a few books on him, but that was a while ago. And decent. You've read a few books on him? Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Wow. Sure. Um, and More than one. I don't know much about Bogie. Um, but he, um, but yeah, like he, he just, um, yeah. And that was the thing. Like it just took him so long to, uh, you know, to get, he was just bit part, bit part, you know, would get noticed in things, but he was just tenacious from mm. like a really young age. Well, he would have been um, a contract player, right? Yeah. Well, it took him a while to get that though. Like, right. um, and that was the thing, like, I especially guess he's in not that system. Necessarily, uh, 
He's not cartoonishly handsome like a lot of the other. He's not handsome. He's not handsome. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. He's he's all he's all um, uh, you know masculinity. Yeah, you know, or or that uh, especially of that time he was the, and so many of his films are somewhat similar in that he is this sort of can be cruel and callous kind of character but then you see the the moments of you know the heart of gold like when he helps the the young people um win the money and things like that in this movie mm. um but it's like oh you never you know i only do things for myself kind of thing yeah. and um and that sort of uh he almost had you know so many roles of his were were similar to that um but then there were some roles where he just played real like you know real monsters as well and he's great in that um but um yeah there's not a, he he always has the he's always the flawed character mm. um but uh but yeah he's you know and it, it was of that time when you could literally just be a not very tall like so he had to wear um lifts in his shoes because yeah. ingrid right. bergman was taller than him <laughs> um I started writing uh, writing the facts before I realized that I was going to be the one under the spotlight here, and that was definitely in there. That he, for a good portion of the the shoot, he actually wore uh, heels, not not mm. not heels, <laughs> lovely heels. But uh, yeah, because Ingrid Bergman, she was like, she was a tall one. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that um, ugliness of character was uh, one of the things that I felt kind of flawed the film the most because i mean ultimately even when he has the redemption by letting victor laszlo get on the plane or whatever it's out, it's out of a kind of resigned obligation rather than sort of any real good-heartedness yeah or absolutely. Like, yeah. yeah any 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 real it's it's it, it's not uh he does it out of a um a rather than from virt- a position of virtue itself it's it's well i i am obligated to be virtuous or whatever yeah. in this situation and i and i think uh, but, that this is what makes this and like it's not I, I don't find this a romantic film well this, yes. this is this yeah. is this is what i was going to yeah. complete saying is is that this, this the strange thing about that right is that he's an unpleasant self-interested character throughout and um and it's so funny to me that that the love between him, him and Ingmar were was kind of shown Ingrid. Ingmar <laughs> was shown as kind of so um uh so kind of primal as as a ni- film in 19 in the early 1940s is um yeah yeah like like it is it is There's that, no courting. that, it's that love into... is right and it's strong and it's kind of um and and it's true. Did mm. I say true twice? But my point being is is that Laszlo has all of this character and virtue and I guess if you wanted to go even further, like status, you yeah. know what I mean? Mm. Um and she wants to like kick him uh away for for um Rick. Who's just kind of some guy, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, uh, like with with without any kind of like, uh, not only moral character, but his his, it's just he is just some dude, you know what I mean? And I thought that that was ugly the 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 way that it kind of, because it kind of de, uh, it 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 de kind of um. Uh, it 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 gives Ing, Ing, Ingmar less kind of um. Do you know what I'm saying? Like like it it insults her. Yes, you yes. know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. There's I mean there's that it's sort of that that moment of and it's I think it's a it's it's the real sort of power moment of um of Elsa when she just pulls the gun on him. Yeah, and says just give me the. Just give them to me, you mm. know, and this is like, and you can see it sort of tearing her apart. And she's because she is a, a very sympathetic character in the in the film, um, but um, uh, but yeah, and then and but then she just goes, oh, I can't, you know, mm. and it's like, oh, come on, dude, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, so, um, uh, to your mind is she loves both of them? Yes, right. she does. Well, that was also a director's point. He said. Uh, right up until the end of the film, where I don't even think it was it was fully resolved. 
until the 11th hour, but uh, throughout the entire film, she was asking for notes like, who is, who am I meant to be loving here? Who am I? And he said, oh, I'm, you love them both. I'm, mm. I'm, we're not sure how this is going to end up. You so you got to, you got to love them both. You don't act of a lot of love towards both of them. And you can kind of see that. It's kind of, it's good. If, if she was given the, the notes early on, maybe it wouldn't have played out as well. Like there was, you felt like she had a connection to both of them and I didn't get that complete one-sidedness thing for Rick. I, kinda, I mean, I, I guess I kind of like that cynicism then of the movie that 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 love is is not uh, ineffable, like like that it yep. is based on circumstances. Well, especially as, during as the war, it. you know, yeah. when life was so exactly. was so well not cheap, but when people were losing people yeah. <laughs> left, right, and center, you just had um, to pick up and move on. Yeah, really, and that's um, kind of what she was doing. And, and maybe that's the, she, and that's the reveal in that film. Yeah. He thought he was um, dead the whole time, so she's yeah. What do we think of? Uh, uh, I think Captain Renault um, is uh, a fantastic character in this. Movie. I loved him. Um, I, like he was, he was a monster. But yeah, I fucking love watching him. He reminded me of um, uh, what's his name? Band meeting. Oh uh, Murray, you uh, remind me yeah. of Murray quite a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, Just in, yeah, in his sort of, um, yeah, and his sort of comedic little. I'm shutting this place down for gambling. Yeah. So here's your winnings. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, Stuff's absolutely. He's like, I can't believe you're gambling here. Um, and then, uh, but also he um, quite because I mean the because this was you know this is a code film that you could only allude to certain things and you know so the illusion that he uh, he was basically tuning up women to give them <laughs> um, uh, you know. Um, papers, pa- papers, um, letters of uh, and, uh, but also there, so there's a line um, where it says uh, you know Renault says you like war I like women um, and that was changed from you enjoy war I enjoy women like so things mm. were just that sort of you know like it was like oh no hold on yeah. hold on only like. We can't, yeah, be, can't totally. be enjoying women. Um, we talked about the film code in a previous episode. I can't in remember Scarf- what it was. Uh, was it the Scarface? No, no, it was it was something earlier than that. But it was I found that that's fascinating. Like yeah, that to to meet code to actually for this film to go out. That's just like freedom of speech. For like what's what's that? Yeah, like, yeah, it lasted. Banned in America for saying you want to fuck someone. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that that was the trick of the Hayes Code was that it was self-imposed by the um, film industry because they because yeah okay. because they were such. I mean, <laughs> not to say that the the film industry isn't a machine now, but it was a much more regimented machine back yeah. then in the sense that everyone was owned by a studio. Yeah, um, it was, it was, yeah, it was a far more powerful. Uh, element of escape like you look at how how people consume content and you know it's like being going to the cinema would have been such that was the the escape yeah like i mean i I, yeah i can't remember the precise history but i mean it wasn't the government um dictating speech but it was developed in response to lobbying interests like Mm. to yeah religious to 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 moralizing you know Mm. yeah Prudes yep. or whatever, yeah. But but, but probably had a yeah, but but it also it also was technically still in um in effect into the sixties, but they'd kind of just gone nah, mm-hmm. you know. That's why like yeah. So it was only in the sort of like the fifties that they started really sort of kind of again. The directors were like, oh, we've been sitting under this thing for you know for ages. And they kept just pushing it a little bit more, and then they were like, okay, they're probably not looking as much now. So, <laughs> um, but um. But yeah, uh, uh, so yeah, there's 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 a lot of there is a, there there is quite a bit of allusion to something you know um, more salacious stuff in this film, and you, yeah, you know, um, Rick kicks kicks some girl away right at the beginning or whatever that kind yeah. of like sets his um, character up, yeah. yeah. Um, and then she and and then she's you know and then she, you see her in the next scene and she's with one of the the Germans, yeah, um, singing, and then she. Doesn't she? They start singing their German yeah. anthem. Um, that's and a great. I, I mean, they, that's they a, rise up. This is where Laszlo is. It Laszlo? Is that his name? Yeah, Victor Laszlo. Victor yeah. Laszlo. When he actually sort of comes to fulfilment in the film, because before that he's not. They start singing. Yeah, the Marseille, and she then, 
has a tear down her eye and she's like, all right, fuck this. I'm going to start singing that song. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's corny yeah. as hell, but I didn't mind that moment it's, at all. I think this is, this, is, this is like the, the crux of the film though, right? This is what it's all about. It's that, I mean, it's the war. It's the, that is the romantic kind of. But it's also, it's also a, a you know, because basically, uh, and Renault sort of has a few lines where he says, um, you know, we're under the control of the Germans. I mean, Vichy. Like, so he's sort of like, it's just mm. like, because the Vichy were basically yeah. just the, you know, control, controlled by the Germans. But it's that thing of it, like these people were just like, they they were just under the thumb. Yeah. Um, bullies really, because it was a free Sort of free state, free, free state. very much in you know, yeah. In, uh, in I guess, quotations. Yeah. I guess that's the moral sense of the movie as well, right? Is is that uh, this hodgepodge melting pot is ultimately degraded and immoral, and the moral center of it is Victor Laszlo, mm. and he, and and that's kind of a pivotal scene in the whole thing, and mm, and he's yeah. the one that summons up nationalism. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's the propaganda machine, like getting the anti. Nazi thing, really? Yeah, is it? well, yeah, I, I guess so. But, but, but just more that, uh, that, that is, that is the moral center of the movie. Yeah. Like that, that's what, that's what it wants to valorize in, oh. in, in, in the, in the face of this degraded, like people who are foregoing national identity yeah. or whatever. Definitely, know? he's a very, he's, he. I mean, for for that reason, and the fact that he he has that little heart to heart with Rick and says, look. We're both in love with a woman. It mm. just happens to be the same woman, and he's totally cool with it. And he's like, "Take her away. You love her. You take. If you've got the tickets, you won't give them to me. You take her away." Like but, he's, but he's that's like the, the and, moral. and I think it's the wartime thing as well, where it's just everyone is between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I was uh, about that scene. Um, after, uh, so little um, thing about the uh, after the terrorist terrorist attacks in Paris in. 2015, um, that clip was just kind of like a, a meme or something that was shared around the internet. Well, people singing La Masse. Uh, no, well, that, that clip, but then there's also the clip of when people were evacuated out of the, um, the Stade de France, um, they were singing that as well. It's sort of like that, you know, mm. but that clip went around as well. It's, it's just more of a, like, you know, yeah. a, a, a real sort See, of. See that, that, again, that's the, I, I didn't, find this a particularly romantic like a lot, I, before I went into this I thought this is like a this is a Valentine's Day movie this is like you when Harry met Sally it's like one of those it's it's a lovey-dovey film you watch with your partner but it's yeah. more about the love of country and the the sort of overcoming it's like your classic uh good and evil story which is you know all those the wartime stories pretty much are but more it's, so than killing that like there, there isn't a lot of death or considering it's a wartime film there isn't a lot of uh there isn't much of a body count and it was it's more about the the oppression and, yeah, yeah yeah the oppression but the there's there's nazis there's uh uh the there's a clear good and evil but they're not exactly they're not fighting they're just stuck in this sort of uh neutral zone mm. where they can't really hurt each other they can threaten each other to a it's, degree it's uh it's Moss Eisley, essentially <laughs> yeah yeah pretty much pretty much um <laughs> It's funny you say that because I hadn't thought that it is kind of weird now that because it is held up as like this is this is the romantic movie. Well, you look at the cover. There's like this that the two of them yeah. in this embrace. Mm. And you think but but, so. but it is the stereo. There is a stereotype of people watching this yeah. on Valentine's Day or whatever. Yeah. yeah. People are very unhappy relationships. People are polyamorous people. Well, yeah, <laughs> like like maybe maybe yeah, get the polycule involved yeah. and it's, it's, it'll be fine. Well, um, I think uh, that is a fact. Is that a fact? That a fact? Is that a fact? Is that a fact? That a fact? Yeah, that's a fact. So, tell me, there was what a bit is of, this, what is was, this game, Mike? There was a bit of miscommunication. So, <laughs> I, I think this might be a uh, a. Uh, a wash, but um, we'll see. So, uh, because Seb is, because uh, I think Seb probably did a little bit, a little bit more research Look, than did, was hoping. I, I did. I did um, some research. I thought but, I was going to uh, do the facts, but I realized that I'm the one in the hot seat, so I get so, fact, I get fact. Well, we'll see how we go. Mike's going to oh, fact me. Right. He's going to yeah. fact me up. Um, all right. So uh, you've already knocked one off. So um, <laughs> uh, fact number one. 
Sam's piano sold for more than six hundred thousand pounds. Uh, sorry, six hundred thousand um, dollars at a New York auction in December two thousand and twelve. Mm-hmm. Number two. Due to constant script rewrites during filming, Humphrey Bogart threatened to quit the production more than once. At one point, he grabbed the writer by the shirt and threatened to knock him out if he didn't finish the goddamn thing. Number three. Back in the early to mid-2000s, Madonna wanted to remake Casablanca with her, with her playing Elsa Lund and Ashton Kutcher in the role of Rick Blaine. Madonna pitched the idea to every studio, but was unanimously rejected by every single one. Well, you're right. I did my research. Yeah. Here, Mike. So, um, uh, well, look, maybe Kane, much... maybe maybe Kane can uh, can do this one then, if Seb knows all the facts. So, uh, I don't think it's a rewrite. I'm I'm aware that of it of it uh, being constantly rewritten. Um. So I don't think it's that. So Sam's Piano sold for Sam's Piano feels like something that you can cook up that sounds pretty solid. Mm -hmm. And then Madonna wanting to remake it with Ashton Kutcher. Kutcher is just, that beggar's belief. But but maybe it's, you know, this is a fake out. You know what I mean? Uh, What are you going to say, PC? Well, it's time for some game theory. Um, (laughs) I'm going to say the piano. Wow. Incorrect. Uh, no, it was it was actually the the script rewrites one. Uh, yeah. I made that completely up, and nothing. It was uh, made it all completely up. Okay. You know, <laughs> there was um, yeah, the shirt. Yeah, it was too too yeah. tied into the but the wild shirt one. Uh, I'm, that's Ash, why I'm so I wish, disappointed. I just I'm wish. so disappointed because <laughs> I wish it wasn't true. I wish I was creative enough to come up with a Madonna slash Ashton Kutcher because <laughs> they were together. <laughs> were they together for a hot minute? Oh no, knows? he was with Demi Moore, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's got a type. Um, but, yeah. but also, but Ashton Kutcher, yeah. like the charisma vacuum that is Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> well, like, he was hot shit for a while there. But yeah, but, yeah. but the, yeah, because of dude, where's my car? I think they wanted it's to, not because he's didn't cool. he want to change Japanese for the butterfly effect? <laughs> <laughs> didn't he want to change it to Chad's American Diner? <laughs> <laughs> but um, look, that segues mm. nicely into dudes where <laughs> dude, where's my papers? <laughs> 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 That segues nicely Ooh. into uh, a little game that I just made up on the fly because I wanted to play a game because I like games. Mm. Um, play a and game? I'm going to call this one Casablanca, <laughs> <laughs> where I'm going to list some movie props and you have to tell me the order in which they were sold oh. from highest to lowest. Right. right. I gotcha. Okay. Oh, dear. Have I thrown you out with Sam's piano? No, good, because I got four. <laughs> so it's now has nothing to do with Casablanca, but still called <laughs> Casablanca, and you can write to Kane if you're unhappy with that. Uh, okay, number one, the Aston Martin from Goldfinger. Mm-hmm. Number two, the Maltese Falcon from, from the Maltese the Mal- Falcon. From, <laughs> from, from <laughs> Goldfinger. <laughs> uh, and... The Batmobile from the 60s TV show. If you can give me figurative numbers within the nearest $100,000 to any of these. Can't we just put them in order? You can put them in order. I think we'll just put yeah, them let's in just order. put them in order. I'm just trying to make uh, it. Uh, no, I mean, right. we, let's I, do that as a bonus round. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm going to say the uh, number, like the most expensive. Most expensive. Batmobile. Um, probably for, I don't know, 1.2. Um, and then, uh, what was the first one? Uh, the Aston Martin from Goldfinger. Uh, oh, no, I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah, I'm still going to say the, the, the Batmobile, Aston Martin, Maltese Falcon. Uh, upside down from that Maltese Falcon, um, Aston Martin, Batmobile. Well, I hate to tell you, you're both wrong, but um, it's uh, number three, a very close three and two were number three was the Maltese Falcon for $4,885,000. Jesus. The Aston Martin from Goldfinger was $4.1 so only, you know, another $15,000 uh, $15, on top of that. There's like a statue or some shit. I knew the Batmobile would, would have been and the most, though. And it's small, though. right? It's not big. 
No, it's yeah. small. It's yeah. small. It was so sold to a private uh, private collector, mm-hmm. um, and it's got a dent in the top of it from where it was dropped on set and all this. It's just yeah. It is uh, the the <laughs> argument was it was the 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 pivotal piece of of cinema. Can you imagine? And it's it clearly would have been a guy buying it. And the the wife going, could you stop buying MacGuffins? Please (laughs) stop purchasing MacGuffins. That would be pretty cool. The Museum of MacGuffins. Yeah. (laughs) The briefcase from Pulp Fiction. Yeah. That'd be great. I'd go to that. And the Batmobile from the 60s sold for 4.6 million. So they're all, uh, you've got. Pretty close. Yeah. Almost 4.1 for each of the Maltese and the Aston Martin, then 4.6 for the Batmobile. Sam Spiano, um, uh, I have to correct you there, Mike, Mm. because um, I did a bit of digging on this as well. Sam Spiano, in fact, sold in 2014 at... Well, that was after this 2012 auction. Yes, uh, it sold in 2014 uh, at a New York auction for 3.4 million. So someone made a sweet old profit on on that 600k. Maybe that could have just been a bad fact. Um, right. Well, have we got any, uh, sort of, um, final thoughts? Have you got anything particularly clever to say over there, Kane? Or? Um, uh, one, a couple of, uh, <laughs> one small thing. Um, Renault says round up the usual suspects right at mm-hmm. the end. And I realized that I wasn't, <laughs> I, I wasn't, I was never quite getting the, the subtlety of the phrase, the usual suspects. Like he's saying, round up just the schmoes that we usually get when yeah. when we when we We're, not not when we not because we suspect that they've committed the crime. It's when we want to not yeah. arrest somebody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And I never quite do you know it's what it's like? It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I. It took me well into adulthood until I understood the uh, understood. Yeah, understand it. <laughs> understand <laughs> the English language. Yeah, <laughs> the humor of the phrase. It's always in the last place you left it. It's always. Oh, really? It's always in. It's always the last pi- place you look for it. Yeah. Yeah. Because of course it is. Yeah. Yeah. The place you find it is the. Yeah. Yeah. And I. It's like the saying, uh, "Your other left." Yes. Yep. It's it's oh it's the height of smart assery. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but it, yeah it's very much yeah, but it's also very much um, you know tracks with this period of him being a corrupt official and just we mm. need to be seen to be doing something. Yep. Whilst we're just yeah. slinging cash, I love. He's got another lie. He's just like, I'm only a poor corrupt official. Like he yeah. just he just owns it. He completely yeah. owns it. Um, Seb, any final thoughts? Uh, not really. I I actually just look forward to watching it again. I feel like it's something that I would like to get into the, I don't know, every few years, give it a, give it a little whirl. But, um, it's definitely made me want to delve more into the golden age of cinema, which is something I hadn't really... I, I'm st- as I said, I'm still getting through the back catalogue well, of, of the a 80s. Lot, there's a lot of films to watch. There actually is a lot of films <laughs> that have been made over the years, it turns out. So, um, uh, yeah, I'll get around to it. Uh, what should? Well, what, my question to you is, what should I watch after this? Because I know you've been going on a bit of... You've, oh, I think I've you both a, have been a going on a bit of like a... Kane, uh, like Kane of the... Uh, I know, yeah, as you said... I'm you, a little spotty on this stuff. Mm. I mean, I, I like the I like the bogey sort of, you know, the Maltese Falcons and... But there's also some really... Maltese Falcon. But there, there's also... Double like, Indemnity, um, maybe? Oh, Double Indemnity is great. Um, yeah. And uh, another good bogey one is The Dark Passage, which mm. is fantastic. Mm. Um, and, uh, in a lonely place, um, is one of like, it's, it's from a brilliant novel and Mm. it is a brilliant, brilliant, um, yeah. And again, where Bogey is playing the very, um, you're not sure who he's, what he's about. Another, Um, another Bogey (laughs) film that's probably, that's better in my opinion, would be The African Queen. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that is a romance, you know, (laughs) movie. Rosie! (laughs) And the last movie I saw from roughly this period uh, was one that I really liked. I mean, it's not analogous in terms of like being a noir or anything like that, but uh, The Women, it's an amazing movie. Yeah, it stars Joan Crawford yeah. um, and a bunch of other people, but it's it's only women. There, there is not a right. single man in the mo- movie. I've heard of this one. Yeah, and it is a uh, it's really funny, but it's a really like uh, still relevant deconstruction of female relationships and and kind of the 
the fraughtness of that that can sometimes emerge in female relationships is great. It's a really good movie. Um, and probably the just as I'm thinking, kind, kind of, of like a, it's, a mirror to the Expendables. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's got uh, our old friend Ingmar Bergman, no, In- Ingrid Bergman in mm. um, Gaslight. Um, oh, yeah. Which is yeah, yeah, yeah. where Gaslighting came, yeah, from, where <laughs> came from. from. With Jessica yeah. Fletcher. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, uh, can I just put one little footnote as well? Um, this this is where <laughs> this is where people would say uh, because we're going to get emails, but we, pro- mm. we we probably wouldn't get emails. We've never had an email, so <laughs> but, uh, but but yeah. the um, <laughs> apart the, from when I emailed the, <laughs> myself, the love re- your show, Mark. <laughs> the reason I was um, spotty on played against Sam is because it was I, it was because it wasn't directed by Woody Allen. It was written by him, but not directed. It was um, directed by Herbert Ross. That's what, which is why I couldn't put it in the timeline. Or whatever. Yeah, I just didn't want anybody to. Even though he's a monster, I didn't want. I was about to, to say, do you, you just want to make Allen. sure that I know that you're a big Woody Allen fan. Uh, you know? yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yet at the same time, I don't want anybody to doubt my um, Woody Allen bona fides. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's a that's a, a, a classic wrap on uh, this uh, this classic film. Um, Thanks, as always, to Jeremy Watsman of Jackie Winter for allowing us to use this wonderful recording space. You can listen to their podcast, Jackie Winter Gives You the Business. Uh, you can get in touch with us um, via email um, or uh, on social medias and things like that. Um, leave us a rating or a review. I've been Mike Cairns over there. Here's looking at you, Kane Porkchop Daniel. In your ear. <laughs> and... You know, this this town doesn't amount to a hill of beans, but uh, <laughs> you'll always be Seb Godfrey. Yeah, that's right, I will. <laughs> so long. This is a wonderful relationship. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I fell in love with you Watching Casablanca Back row of the driving show In the flickering light Popcorn and cokes beneath the stars Became champagne and caviar Making love on a long hot summer's night I thought you fell in love with me Watching Casablanca Holding hands with the paddle fans In Rick's candy Hiding in the shadows from the spies Moroccan moonlight in your eyes Making magic at the movies in my own shadow Ooh, a kiss is still a kiss In Casablanca But a kiss is not a kiss Without your sight Yeah.